Broadcasting from the Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Awkward Silence 2.1. And now, our favorite host in this particular time spot, it's Brandon Gooch Han. I'm Brandon Guchan, host of Awkward Silence 2.1 right here on the Vegas Video Network. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. If you want to get a hold of us, we've got an email set up, awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. That's awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We also have a phone number that you can dial up, Boots. 866-966-4599. 866-966-4599. We have a live chat. That's very important. That's for the viewer that wants to be smack dab in the middle of the show. You hit us up, we'll answer your question live on the air on the Vegas Video Network. And let's just say you didn't catch the whole show. Let's just say you have to leave for a little bit. And all of a sudden, you need your awkward silence 2.1 fix. Don't worry about it, babe. We got you covered. You can also catch us on replays at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We'll be on Roku, YouTube, and iTunes. Now, without any further ado, I think it's time for the seamless segue to camera number two. Let's do the news. So, the union between the whore and the bench warmer has come to an abrupt end. Everyone's crying. America is weeping. But Kim Kardashian wants everyone to know that her marriage was real. She married for love. In a statement, she said, I'm always going to love Reggie Bush. I, I, meant, I meant Ray J. <laughs> that one guy, he plays for that team. You know, they actually tried to get a uh, statement from Bruce Jenner. He tried to look disappointed, but his plastic surgery doesn't allow him to frown. Now, I'm here for your court. I'm here to let you know that I want to find you the right man. And I think your search is over. LeBron James, who better to identify with you? Who better to talk to you about your failures? Who better to know what it's like to disappoint and give up in front of millions of people on live national television better than LBJ? You know, it's funny. The, uh, I was just thinking the whore and the bench warmer. Doesn't that sound like a sitcom that should have taken place in the 80s? Like, coming up on CBS at 9 o'clock, the whore and the bench warmer. She was a talentless skank who got peed on and somehow found fame. And he rode the pine for years, the whore and the bench warmer, right after murder, she wrote. And America's favorite sandwich, the McRib, is making headlines. Did you know that the same ingredients that go into the McRib also go into making a yoga mat? Did you know that? How disgusting. I will never lay on another yoga mat, ever. And finally, Thomas Beatty, the pregnant man. Can we get a picture of that, Jacob, real quick? Ooh, have fun sleeping tonight, America. <laughs> Thomas Beatty has finally announced that his third child is going to be his last child. Now, you're probably trying to wrap your head around that. How did this happen? Well, back in 2002, Thomas Beatty went and got the gender reassessment surgery, changed himself from a woman into a man. And then he met himself a lady, and then things got weird. Uh, the sad thing about this is if this guy is that confused about his identity, how do you think his kids are going to be? 
Because seriously, Scott, you're a parent. You've had the question asked, hey, dad, where do babies come from? Well, mom and dad, we met each other. We loved each other very much, and we hugged a special way. And then a couple of months later, the stork dropped you off on our porch. Not so much for Thomas Beatty. Hey, Dad, where do babies come from? Well, a long time ago, Dad used to be a woman who hated himself, so he changed himself into a man. And then he met Mom, but unfortunately, Mom couldn't have babies on her own after we tried with the special hug time and time again. Then we realized Mom couldn't have babies, so then I ended up realizing that I had to stop taking my beard pills, and then we ended up turning to my friend for some baby juice, and then nine months later, we picked you up at the Cabbage Patch. How much would you hate to be those kids' health teacher? And the adult con has made its way to the Vegas Valley. And who better to give us the scoop on the smut than our very own Courtney Leone. Hey, Court. Hi, Peggy. Gooch, I'm down here, and I am surrounded by whores who call themselves business women and pathetic lonely men who called their plastic girlfriends those said business women. So uh, what's the scene like? There's vendors up and down this place, and they're selling everything. There's lingerie, there's sex toys, there's sexual health products, but nothing is weirder than, and get this, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff down here, but nothing is weirder than the booths that are selling porno DVDs. Porno DVDs? What are they gonna do, sell those on the Antique Road Show? I know, right? People, seriously, here's how you know you have a problem with porn. It's when you're still paying for porn. Oh my God, why would you spend money on something you can get for free? You can get it anywhere. You know how I got the money to pay for this jacket? It's the money I saved by not buying porn. It's a nice jacket, right? It is a snappy jacket, I'll give you that. Thanks, it's made from genuine mermaid skin. So are there any porn stars down there? Oh yeah, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. And you know, I never thought that I would be saying this, but I actually feel bad for these girls. These guys are disgusting. I mean, they actually expect some sort of live sex show to be going on. Like, they are praying that they finally get to see a naked chicken person. Well, can't they just go to one of the numerous strip clubs here in Vegas? No. They could maybe in the past, but eventually enabling mommies all across the country are gonna realize they're stealing from their purses and they're gonna switch to plastic payment. You know, I'm actually surprised at how sensitive you are to these girls. Hey, no one is more shocked than I am. But the truth is I really do feel sorry for them. If I found out that my fans were jerking off to me while I was working, I'd, I'd be pretty pissed. Courtney, I hate to tell you this, you just insulted 75% of our viewers. Thank you for watching, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate all of you. It's cold out here, right, guys? It's cold. Courtney Leone, everyone. Guys, look, I'm not a fetish. I actually am a businesswoman. Cover up. <laughs> Let's pass the mic. Ooh, we go so metal when we go to the mail. <laughs> Pass the mic. This is the portion of the show where you, the viewer, get to ask me, the host, a question through email, awkward at vegasvideonetwork.com, awkward at vegasvideonetwork.com. What's going on, Scott? Uh, Vic wants to know, what would you be doing if you weren't doing stand-up comedy or radio? Well, considering the fact that I have 
no skills other than speaking my mind and saying obscenities and insulting people, I'd probably be manning a booth down at the adult con. <laughs> I made it, Mom. We'll be back with our headliner in just a little bit and now a station ID. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And live! <laughs> and now our headliner. I'm not going to lie to you, he's one of my favorite comics and he's been somewhat of a mentor to me. And he's going to be headlining down at the LA Comedy Club inside the Cabo Wabo, which is located inside the planet, planet Hollywood. You can catch him on VinceMorris.com and also on Twitter, at Vince Morris. It's Vince Morris, everyone! Hey! Look at that thing. What's happening, sir? Hello, man. How you doing? Doing really good. I like the jacket. Well, you know, I got to bring back some retroness. Mm -hmm. trying, to keep, trying to keep the strip the way it should be, you know, from the 70s, baby. Right, right. Jive-ass sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so honored in my you entire know, life yeah. to be called a jive-ass jive sucker. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I'm going to put that on a badge of You know, head. absolutely. You've been anointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Actually, uh, you were talking about the 70s. Vegas has changed a lot. And, I mean, you've, you've come here so many times. Over the years, how, how have you noticed Vegas have changed as, as a performer? You know, I mean, I don't I mean, Vegas, I mean, every performer wants his name and lights in Vegas. That's like the epitome of performance, you know, back, but I want Vegas of old, right? I miss that Vegas where the Rat Pack was here, where they had more dignity, mm -hmm. self-respect. Men wore three-piece suits, fedoras, women have evening gowns, the hairs and the nails are done to perfection, and I mean, it seems like after the Rat Pack died, these fuckers are left. It's just, <laughs> the strip is like the midway to a state fair. I mean, they have hot dogs, Roller coasters, guys wearing who farted t-shirts. What the fuck happened? There's no, <laughs> exactly. there's no, there's no pizzazz to it anymore. Right, you know? right, right. Like it, you know, exactly. Like, a, like when did this turn into Kings Island? It's like or Disney Cedar with Point? tits. Yeah, right. Exactly. And a whole lot more daddy issues. I totally <laughs> understand I that, man. Yeah. Yikes. So uh, last night you and I were talking. Yeah. And uh, I was telling you, it was funny because me and Vince kind of came. We both just kind of gave up on our vices. Like I stopped uh, heroin. No, I'm kidding. No, but yeah. I stopped. Uh, I stopped smoking a lot of pot and drinking all the time. And you did something similar. Yeah, I've been. Uh, it's like probably to be honest, 72 days. I've only had three drinks in 72 days. Okay. So, which is I wasn't an alcoholic, but it was a lot of it was relying on the performance. It was a crutch. So, yeah. Right. So I've been. Uh, I've been pretty good, man. So I'm, the confidence is back, and it's just we were talking about, you know, what you rely on to get to go on mm -hmm. stage, and you know. Right, and you know, and, you, and that's one thing about your style is, um, I remember I, I was listening to this guy, and he's trying to give me a piece of advice. He's like, "You're really funny." He goes, "But you know, you got to get a laugh like every eight seconds." And you were the first person that I thought of because you take your time and you really enjoy the silence, and it comes across great. And it's different; not everybody does that. You know what? The silence is awkward. Huh, how about that? But, <laughs> you know, but um, I don't, en I, it's not about, I, I wouldn't say enjoying the silence as much as it is owning it, mm -hmm. you know, because the silence is there and it's kind of uncomfortable, obviously. And 
It's just a matter of how do you show your confidence within the silence because that's the control part. Because when the audience sees you silent and they're like, okay, he's not freaking out or panicking, mm. it gives them a little bit more confidence in what you're going to say next. Like, okay, this guy's in control. Because most comics, your fear is when no one's laughing or talking and they start, oh, here comes a joke. I need to have some, mm. I need to have some kind of noise coming from the crowd. But um, when I write my jokes, a lot of times I know now, I'm like, okay, they're going to be really quiet now. Right. They're going to fucking either hate me, they're going to be upset. <laughs> But I got their attention. But now, if they listen a couple more seconds, boom! I got them. I got them. You know, mm. so it's kind of a, a ebb and flow to it. So mm. I know when the silence is going to be there. Well, one thing that I learned too from you, and uh, I t I've told you this story numerous times, but they haven't heard it. Um, I was doing stand up at the at another comedy club, and <laughs> I was and I was trying so hard to be clean. Like <laughs> I'm just like, don't say ass, whatever you do. And I was just trying so over the top to be clean. And I bombed, like, miserably. <laughs> and Vince goes out immediately afterwards, and he finds this little old lady sitting in the front row, and he goes, so, man, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about ass fucking? We're going there. We're talking about butt fucking. And then this lady starts laughing, and then Vince just continues on with it, and he just ends up killing it. And then the comic after him comes on, and he was a little angry. He's like, I told you to keep it clean, Vince. Yeah. And then he tried to do it and just didn't No, I did for that him. for a reason. Because I don't want people to think my, my show is about ass fucking. That's another show. Right. Um, <laughs> that's another DVD. You, when you, you think want. when you Vince, think Vince, Vince Morris, yeah. you think ass fucking. Yes, it's in high def, too. But... <laughs> um, no, 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 I did that because I know, and that, that particular comedy club was known for that kind of a, that feel for it. So mm -hmm. it kind of stifled performers. So you, you go into it going, I can't be, I can't say the F word, I can't say this word. But I don't really talk about that kind of stuff. I just mm -hmm. did it just to kind of bust the bubble. Right. And just to kind of like, people know, hey, I'm not going to be like that. And just kind of show you, hey, don't be, because I know you're not, you weren't that kind of guy. Right. You know, so... Yeah, that, that worked out well, and that's actually turned out to be one of my favorite clubs' work. Yeah, you know, now to this very day, when I, you know, if I perform, it's like no holds bar, and I love it. Well, you know, and that's the thing—you were doing that as a feature, and then uh, the last first couple of times I saw you at that club, you're doing it as a feature, and now you come back as a headliner. Yeah. And because, I, quite frankly, you were doing that, and the other guys just couldn't follow, so they're <laughs> like, "Where else were we going to put this?" Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know, it's a it's a learning thing because. Um, to be able to say what you want to say from your heart and what's on your mind, a lot of times it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. It just depends. We, I mean, we were talking about that earlier today. Um, where does comedy come from? True comedy comes from the reality of what, how you see the world, and some of it is rooted in, in anger. Some of it is rooted in unhappiness, you know, despair, this, that, and the other. Some of it is happy, you know, but it just depends. But the reality of it is how do you transfer what you want to say from here mm -hmm. to the masses, and that's a, that's a true performer right there. Well, but the thing is, though, is you're known as a comics comic. Right? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, you are because there's a lot of comics in Vegas and stuff like that, and you're yeah. definitely you're up there because you do your own thing. It's not like you're telling the same joke. Uh, hey, I'm black. You know the cops are going to be arresting me, yeah, and it's yeah. like you you come from a different place. Right. And why do you think that is with comics? Like, why do you think we're such a fickle group and we only gravitate towards people that go that Johnny Cash route? You know, that do their own thing. I, I think real performers gravitate towards other performers who are like that. See, I think a lot of a lot of comics who start off, you grow, you, you start off in your own little clique, you know, a group of guys or girls you start off with, and as the years progress, you see who starts to get work, who starts to mm -hmm. branch out with the mentality of each performer is. And I think hacks hang out with other hacks, and comics who want to be really perform, true performers hang out with other comics who think alike. Like so. You kind of find yourself within your performance because you gravitate towards people you like and respect, you know, look up to and admire. So um, it's just 
it's not a question about, it's, 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 it's a question of how long will it take before you find someone who thinks like you. Right. Because like you said, the other guy gives you advice. You got to get laughs every 30 seconds. It's that another, you don't, that's not, right. you, you don't right. gravitate towards that guy. No. You know, so you talk to someone who, like myself, who's like, hey, Gooch, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Write like this, think like this, you know, so it just depends. I mean, we, we're fickle, but we find our own right. group to be fickle with, so to speak. So uh, with basically all the things that are going on with television, all the reality TV, have you ever thought about doing something like that? I will, uh, yeah, you know, I would love to, but the reality TV, the stuff that I like, it won't be, it's not, it's not appreciated because it's not rooted in stereotypes. It's not rooted mm-hmm. in the perception of what you think I am or my race or how you act. Mm-hmm. This is, all this shit is just shit. And, and the, to be honest, America loves it because they're just, they're stupid. Right. You know? Not to say I'm not stupid, but I'm smart enough to know that you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> smart enough to point a finger yeah, at you yeah, and say, yeah. you need a brain in your head, good yeah, sir. Yeah, you know, just the reality shows that are all, like you talk about the Kardashians. I mean, do you not, do, is it almost like, people are like, what lasted, what is that on Twitter? What's 72 hours, 72 days, the things that lasted longer than Kim Kardashian's mm-hmm. marriage. And one of them is uh, the coverage of it. The coverage of the divorce will last longer. Like, who gives a fuck to the extent that do you, don't, you don't think that it was, Planned, right? If she right. got eight, if she got twelve to eighteen million dollars to do this, she met the guy. Listen, you gonna marry me? I'm gonna give you five, ten million. We make this work. We can act like you know we'll fuck it up in the middle. Then when the next season comes up, I'll get divorced and we'll start all over again. Right? Who wouldn't do that? Yeah, exactly. Sign me up for that. Yeah. So and people are like, oh my god, I can't believe that she's giving money back. You fucking you're idiots. Right. Right. Well, that's you're the thing. They got the, the whole housewives of New Jersey. I mean, the one lady uh, had a husband kill himself, which I found utterly hilarious. By the way. Me too. I mean, it's just like, see, that's a I, I, thing. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I, god rest his soul, George Carlin. I worked with him a couple of times, and he did 20 minutes on suicide. And you talk about someone who speaks their mind. His opening, when I was working with Carlin, his op- he was working this out. His opening line was, I love suicide. <laughs> and, this is, and that's people were sitting there going, what the fuck? You know, and I'm in the back, this is going to be good. Right. And he goes to explain why he loves suicide. At the end, your li- you're howling, goes, and even better, leave me a note. Don't kill yourself without letting me know why you did. Don't, right. why, why did he do it? Why did he kill himself? Was he upset? Was it that he didn't like soup? This, that, and other. He goes, now I can read it. Is this a whole diatribe on why I love suicide? And when I heard that his, the girl's husband committed suicide, I'm like, this is awesome. Right, exactly. That is the She's best. She's back in the headlines. Yeah, it's like, exactly. you know, but, but, it, but that stuff, the reality of basketball wives, anybody's wife. Oh, basketball wives, wow. I can't even watch that shit, man. I mean, I watch that show, and I'm sitting here thinking, first off, if I'm a basketball superstar, why would would I be married to any one of these crazy bitches? You know what I mean? I got to worry about Dwight Howard and this girl's coming at yeah, me now. Yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. God, give me a break. <laughs> we got a chat question. What's going on, Scott? Uh, Gary asks, uh, has the audiences, I'm assuming for live comedy shows, have they changed any as reality TV continues to grow? Oh, that's a good question. Because, you know, people watch this reality, they get their own idea, especially when they do reality yeah. television shows on comedy. They think, oh, this is what it's like, and it's not what it's like. But. Or they may go see, here's the thing for me, they may go to a comedy club and see, not really a reality show, I think it's the guys, it's the, the, the YouTubes and, and who's on the, uh, the social networks, because they'll come to a comedy show to see a guy who has two million hits because he pulled a fucking bottle rocket out of his ass. Right, right. You know, and then the, crowd, the club is packed. You know, and the, and, the, and the other two guys that go up before this guy are legitimate comics. Mm. You know, then the bottle rocket ass guy goes up, and they're not laughing as much, but mm-hmm. then he, he has their money because it, the perception, right. the crowd's perception was funny. 
is limited because they see somebody on YouTube and they go, okay, that guy has to be funny. Let's go pay money to see him or her. And then they have real comics that are performing prior to that guy. And they're like, that's what comedy is. But when they see the, the headliner, they're like, this dude wasn't fucking funny. Right. Like, right. Exactly. But, you know, you wanted to see him because he has so many hits on this. That's a good point. Like, you know? remember when uh, Steve-O, like, he starts, Steve-O from Jackass starts doing stand-up. Like, yeah. really, you think anybody can yeah. do this? Yeah. You know, you, you, you like, at the roast. Couldn't come up with any good roast jokes. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just dive into Mike Tyson's And break my nose. And break my nose. Wow, are yeah. you hilarious <laughs> yeah. and sad at the same time? Get back to drugs. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's upsetting to see everybody thinks they could do it. Charlie Sheen, we, you know, Charlie Flavor Sheen. Flavor Flav was Flavor going, Flav. Yeah. I mean, for real, like, you can't write a joke. No. And it's almost insulting. It's, an, it's, it's, an insul it's insulting because just like you said, you have guys that have dedicated themselves to the craft just because they're not a novelty. They don't have two million hits on YouTube. And the crowd ne doesn't necessarily understand that, it's, that those guys are great performers because they think that what's great is the person with the number amount of hits. You know, the, even America is jaded because they don't, they equate funny with being on TV or they equate funny with how many hits you have, how many friends you have. Mm -hmm. They're just as jaded, you know, themselves because they're like, oh, this guy has to be funny. Or he's on TV or he's on radio or he has this, that, and the other. But when they go see it, they don't realize that comedian that's sleeping in his car for a fucking six pack mm -hmm. will blow the room up. Right. And get back in his car and, and, and go somewhere else. And then the main person is like, fucking, you, you're walking out. You know, right. Check, please. So. It's it's a hard it's 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 a it's a, it's the best profession that I would suggest anyone not to get into. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, look at me! I'm Vince Morris, headlining down at the LA Comedy Club. Don't do what I do, kids. Yeah, you, don't do this at home. No, do it at home. Fuck it. Don't do it at the comedy club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my motto. Do it at home. <laughs> don't quit your Walmart job. <laughs> we got another uh, chat question. You brought up Charlie Sheen. Uh, and I believe he went out, tried to do comedy, didn't go well. And I think he hired some comedians to write some material for right. him. What do you think of those comedians? What do I think of those comedians? I would do it. If Charlie Sheen asked me to write some jokes for him, and knowing that he made two men a week, I would definitely write some jokes for him, you know? I would do, um, yeah, I mean, if he wanted jokes, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I make a little money on the side. But that's what you do. Right. You know? I mean, he was smart enough to say, can someone help me? Right, you know, right. As, as opposed to saying, I don't need anybody writing jokes for me. Yeah, you know, I could get away with this. But a lot of top comics have um, writers. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the guys um, have a lot of, you know, I can mention some, but I don't really want to, but they have a, a slew of guys that had them jokes daily. How long did it take you to get your first hour, to, for you to write your very first hour of comedy? That I was hard-hitting, just that I was happy, happy with? I don't know. Man, it takes, it takes years, man. Mm-hmm. It takes, uh, it takes years to, to, to develop a solid hour to where you know it works and mm -hmm. you're comfortable with it not working, and even then it works. You know what I mean? You're mm -hmm. comfortable with the silence, but then at that point you'll, yeah, no, it's not me. It's not the jokes. It's just the crowd this time. You know? Right. It takes, it takes years. Man. I, I don't know how many years it's, t it's taken me, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as quick as guys you see in a row. I got, man, I got like an hour and a half I wrote last mm -hmm. year. I'm like, okay. Sure you do. You could talk for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you did an hour and a half because you had one drunk guy that was handing you jokes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. Well, cool, blah, you know, yell at him. Got another chat question? Yeah, Clown Boy wants to know: Do uh, comedy writers for TV make way more than touring stand-ups? And if so, why <laughs> wouldn't most comedy writers just try to be TV writers or comedians? Uh, yeah, they TV make. Writers? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say they make way more. It just depends on what level of a of a, uh, of a writer they are. If they're head writer for a show and it's a hot 
comedy shows, those head writers make several, several thousands of dollars a week. You know, mm -hmm. anywhere from fifteen, they can make fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a week. Depends what kind of show it is, but but writing something. Hey, what the fuck, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> writing something and performing something is two different things. You know, right. a, you can write something that's funny, but you can't perform it. So those comedy, I mean, those are sitcom writers. Doesn't necessarily translate to being stand-ups. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, it, it, plus too, don't you think that a lot of the comics they don't want to necessarily be a writer for a show because they enjoy the rush of performing? True. Yeah. True comics. Yeah. Or you can be, if you can do both, which is also the formula to any great sitcom, like the uh, Everybody Loves Raymond's, Chris Rock, Bill Cosby, Seinfeld. Those are guys, Roseanne Barr. Those are performers who are able to write their own material and fucking do it mm -hmm. without having some network executive saying, "Don't say it like this." Which is oftentimes what you have when you have a sitcom. You got so many levels of people saying, do it this way, do it this way. It then bothers. the artist himself is like, fuck, I've done these jokes my entire life. They worked across every bar, restaurant in the country. Why well, want to work now? But if you're strong enough to get your show to where you're executive producing or a producer, where you, your, your word is, is being heard, then that's what makes it funny. And mm -hmm. You can write it and perform it. You brought up earlier going to places to find your material, like uh, a mood. What, what forces you to write most of your jokes? Is it happiness? Is it sadness? Is it anger? All of it. Yeah. You know, I used to be one way. Um, I used to be one way with my jokes, my mentality to a certain extent. Like when I want to do something that's really social, it's really hard-hitting. But then somebody sat me down. They were like, Vince, just don't be that one-dimensional, kind of a serious, socially conscious comic, be that comic, be that guy who likes to watch cartoons, be that guy who, mm -hmm. who comes out of the shower naked and dances. I'm silly, I'm silly, I'm serious, you know, I'm all that stuff. So I try to encompass, I try to bring all that into, if it's a serious ass joke, I'm going to be silly in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Kind of take the edge off of it when I can. I'll find places where I can kind of ease up, even though the whole joke is kind of like heavy, you know, mm -hmm. so I use all that now. Right. You know, because I, I have, God has given me the ability to be silly, to be spontaneous, and to be you know, serious at the same time, so. You know, because I, I read a tweet, and it was by a comic named Taylor Ketchum, and he actually wrote a really good tweet. It said, uh, just because you're depressed 24-7, that doesn't mean you're going to be the next George Carlin, you know? And it's basically, yeah. you know, where that feeling, there's only a couple of comics, I think, that could really get away with that, which is constantly being sad and brooding. And, but he wasn't depressed. But he George wasn't was, that guy. George Carlin was not depressed. George Carlin was a genius. I mean, the, the, the only depressed comedians I was really, really depressed, uh, in my opinion, was Bill Hicks. Uh, Bill Hicks was probably one of the most prolific comics, um, depressed. But as far as, his, and, and but Sam Kennison was depressed too. He had a lot of demons, but, you know. Well, the one thing with Bill Hicks, though, is people didn't really appreciate his genius until he was gone. Like, I think... There, he had his fans, he had his following, but then it wasn't until after a few years later when everyone was like, wow, he's talking, all these things that he is talking it's true. about, it's happening right now. now. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he was depressed for, I mean, he was, a, he was, he was playing, I mean, he had a lot of demons, we all have demons, mm -hmm. but, you know, but um, he was a de openly depressed, like outwardly depressed right. kind of a performer, but, you know, a lot of these guys, it's a facade, they think if they're going to brood in their own anger, I think Mike and I were talking about that earlier, if they're going to brood in their own anger, that creates some kind of a, 
new uh, an ambiance where right. it's gonna be funny. Like I'm, I'm always mad. But yeah, you know. see, I can't take that. I can't. I can't. Me personally, like I can't stand being around. First off, I don't like being around somebody who's like, I'm so the world sucks. Everyone's gonna hurt your feelings. And yeah. then it's just like, what, why, why would I want to take you on the road? You make <laughs> me want to put a gun in my mouth. Are you yeah. crazy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. You know, and it's sad because it's like I meet people like that, and they're like, "Hey, you gonna help me out?" No, I'm not gonna fucking help you out. Are you crazy? Or it's the, the false anger. I, I was I was working with a comic last week, and I sat him down. I was like, "Man, a lot of times in your jokes, you're angry for no reason, but it doesn't translate into funny because it doesn't doesn't even go well with your personality." A lot of comics they think it's funny if they come out. Fuck, you know what I fucking hate? Cotton candy. <laughs> Who hates cotton candy? You know, or, or just in general, like, why do you think that's funny? You know, I mean, it's just a weird kind of a, a position they put themselves in to where they think if they're coming across as angry or loud, people can be, oh, he must mean what he's saying, or it must be funny. Right. You know, because it's louder, and he's coming at it with like, ah, you know, but you can, you can say, you know what I hate? I fucking, you know, you can bring it down. And right, it's right. And it's powerful. Right. You know, I hate babies. You know why? Let me, oh, this is kind of weird. Let me tell me why you hate yeah. babies. You know? But so it's all in the art. And See, so when you said I hate babies, I was like, I'm with you. But then when you said cotton candy, I was like, fuck you, Vince. <laughs> I love cotton candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or baby dipped in cotton candy. You, know <laughs> you probably can find that. I know. I'm like, oh, what? Cotton you ruined candy. cotton candy for me. <laughs> Dude, well, you know, what kind of comedy do you hate? Because one thing, if you look on okay. your Twitter, if you look on your Twitter, you really hate you, I always see you making comments about like, like Comic View and just like really hating on like, or like did for somebody. My, did, did you see my last, my, one of my tweets I loved? I, I don't tweet at all. I need to tweet more. Um, I, what I say, um, black people, what was I said? The last one of the tweets I said, black people. Oh. Black we'll people, on TV, black people are Twitter, black people are tweeting the word nigger so much that the Ku Klux Klan are, is saying, Wow, our work is done here. <laughs> right. Well, and then another one, I, put, I said, black people who tweet the word nigger so much are called twiggers. And I said, please stop these twiggers from tweeting. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I just, it just, it's such you know. a play on words. But the thing is, though, is when you go that route, do you ever have anybody come up to you that's upset? They can't anymore. Right. It just depends on how I come at them. You know, like, uh, uh, like if I'm doing that in my act, like if I go to that, that direction, it's like now the, the art form is how do I make this funny without make it seem like I'm slamming you, mm -hmm. you know? So I will say why I think that's ignorant or why this is not doing you any good. Mm -hmm. but here, and here's the funny part in, within that. So I, when I write something that serious like that on stage, I try to cover all my angles to where if anybody says anything about it, I got it covered. Mm -hmm. You know, because you, you can say a lot of things about what I'm saying, but you can't say I'm wrong. That's... About this particular subject. I feel the same way. You know, so now when you go, when you have that kind of confidence, it translates because people can't, you can get mad at me because I don't want black people to say nigger. Tell me why. Right. This is interesting. I'm wrong because okay, right. you tell me why you think we should. Right. Well, you know, so now, now it's like it's said, they're like, oh, well, okay. It makes sense now. Right. So that's how I write those kind of, those kind of pieces to where I know I have my bases covered no matter what happens, you know.
Well, I want to thank you for stopping by the oh, man, thank you. 2.1. Thank you very appreciate much, it, Vince. Man. Always appreciated. Uh, Vince is going to be headlining down at the L.A. Comedy Club at the Cabo Wobble inside the Planet Hollywood tonight and tomorrow. And is it Sunday? No, 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 just, just uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow and Saturday, nine o'clock are your show times. VinceMorris.com, and don't forget to check him out on Twitter at Vince Morris. Vince, thank you very much for thank stopping you, by, brother. Really appreciate you it. Were Next Thursday, we're going to be back. Not on Friday, Thursday at 1 p.m. We're going to have Gilbert Gottfried on the show on oh. Awkward Silence 2.1 right here on the Vegas Video Network. And don't forget to check out the. Play on VegasVideoNetwork.com, Roku, iTunes, and YouTube. Thank you guys again. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Bye-bye.